you need to surround yourself with people that are comfortable with your ambition. Today, it's still considered a, a non-traditional pathway, but it's a very rewarding career. So when you, when you look to connect with other women that are currently within the trade, they're very supportive in it. You need to look for your, your mentor. This is Flux Capacitor, a podcast about the future of electricity. I'm Francis Bradley of the Canadian Electricity Association. On today's podcast, we're talking line workers. But first, a little context. From the alarm that wakes you up in the morning to the traffic lights that guide you to work, electricity is central to our lives. For more than a century, Canadian electricity companies have provided reliable and safe power from coast to coast to coast. It powers our businesses, schools, homes, and the lifestyle to which we've grown accustomed. It's also a vital part of Canada's transition to a more sustainable, clean future. Through hurricanes, tornadoes, wildfires, and pandemics, line workers provide an essential service to Canadians, keeping the lights on. These highly trained men and women work during extreme weather events, such as freezing rain, snowstorms, and heat waves. Line workers are on the job, installing and repairing essential infrastructure in high-risk conditions. In fact, this year, the Globe and Mail ranked line workers as having one of the 10 riskiest jobs in Canada. On July 10th each year, we honour the men and women who brave difficult and hazardous conditions to keep the power flowing by celebrating National Line Worker Appreciation Day. To mark National Line Worker Appreciation Day on this podcast, my guest today is one such line worker. Lana Norton is the executive director and founder of Women of Powerline Technicians. With a decade of field experience in Canada's electricity sector, she's held various trade and technical roles. She currently serves on Algonquin College's Program Advisory Committee for Electrical Engineering Technician Technologist and Powerline Technician Programs. Once again, this podcast was not recorded face-to-face. Here is my conversation with Lana, recorded in early July of 2020. Lana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Francis. Well, it's uh, National Line Worker Appreciation Day today. And so I thought um, maybe we could start off with you telling the listener a little bit about your career path and you, how you wound up in the field of electricity and how you wound up in, in the role that you've got now. Absolutely. Uh, so from the onset, when I was first looking to have a career, electricity wasn't readily available to me. I wasn't aware of all the options that it had. Uh, happened more by circumstance. And so as I went on in my journey, at, at the age of 20, I became a mom. And so then by the time I was 21, I was a single mom. And uh, that tends to put life into perspective pretty quick. And I knew from uh, my set of responsibilities before me, I, I wanted to be able to continue my education. And I saw an apprenticeship as a path to do that. So as an apprentice, you attend school for four years while being paid by an employer. And you take on no additional student debt, which was highly available to me, given my situation. So during the, um, I knew I wanted to pursue an apprenticeship. And electricity had always made sense to me. And so once I realized that uh, I wanted to be outside and at heights, 
the only option left was power line technician. So why did you want to be at Heights? That's a, that's an interesting. I could do it. It, it was okay. exciting. It was uh, being outside in the the changing environment every day, and it was much more appealing to me than than um, working inside. I enjoyed the excitement of it. Okay. Do you do you still enjoy the excitement of it? Is it still does it still have that that draw? Absolutely. Every oh. day, R- regardless of the weather, it's to be out there, and uh, it's everything that the sector brings. Yeah, you never forget the sound walking underneath a transmission line or energizing substation transformers, and uh, it does it for me. Oh, okay. So what does a typical day look like? Maybe if you can tell us you started off as a, as a power line technician. What was a typical day um, for you when you were in that role? Sure. So um, as a power line technician, uh you're assigned jobs and you work in a crew format. And so every morning you meet with your supervisor and they provide a brief overview of your job for the day, whether mm-hmm. it's um, reliability-based and so you're repairing the system or it's construction-based and you are um, building new and doing pull renewals and that type of work. Um, from there, a crew would load the material for the day and head out to the job. Uh, once on site to a job, the crew prepares a specific job plan where they assess all the hazards and um, and make a a plan about how to complete the work for the day. Mm-hmm. And then what? Uh, so that that's a a typical that would have been a typical day, um, <laughs> but uh, every day isn't sunny uh, and every day isn't typical. Uh, what are the what are the the kind of the, uh, what does a bad day look like, or what are the more challenging situations that the people in that field have to deal with? Yeah, so things uh, absolutely a changing list of priorities, and um, when the storm rolls rolls through, um, power line technicians today uh, are, are equipped with computers on their truck, where a dispatcher is able to drop a call on the truck, and they're able to see the the customer's comments. Um, and concerns and what needs to be addressed. And from there, a crew is on right route to assess the situation. And so you've been, uh, I think the word trailblazer would uh, would uh, be appropriate. You, you're, you've established the uh, women of power mine technicians um, uh, and, uh, you know, you've done, a, done a, a, lot of, a lot of work in that field. Why is it important for you that, uh, that women and more women consider a career in energy? We use energy more today than we've ever used it in the past. Mm-hmm. It enables our healthcare systems and our financial institutions and our communications. And we're at a very interesting time where the electricity sector has been around for 100 years. And so a lot of our assets are getting ready for renewal and replacement and refurbishment. And so that brings in an opportunity for change to mm-hmm. integrate in renewables and energy storage. And and as this conversation evolves and, and moves forward, I think women are going to want to be a part of that, how en- energy is managed within communities and, um, and with it playing such a high-value piece in their lives. It's a conversation that uh, they should evolve with. Mm-hmm. And so wh- what was, what was the, the, the driving force for you when, uh, when you uh, worked to establish that? 
women of power learn technicians? What was the, what was the, I hate to use the word spark, but what was the spark? So when I went through, uh, I did a power line technician college program. And when I did that, I was the second woman in Ontario to take that college program at the time. There was one woman ahead of me. And for the remainder of my time there, I never saw another woman. Right. And so as I graduated, um, the men that I graduated with, they got employed throughout the province. And so as they went on in their careers, they would reach back out to me any time that they were able to connect with another woman because it, it was such a, a unique thing to see. Yeah. And so over time, I was able to connect those women. And although we were towns and cities and sometimes complete provinces apart uh, through Women of Power Line Technicians, it was a way of us uh, supporting one another and mm -hmm. Um, understanding the challenges and the triumphs that come with this exciting career. And so now, are, are there uh, people? Are there are there women from coast to coast to coast um, that uh, that participate in in your discussion, the dialogue, and the activities? Uh, uh, we did so. Uh, up until last year, we actually had one uh, female on contract working with a contractor in the Yukon. Uh, okay. She's since uh, in a new province where the contract is, um, so we're only coast to coast. BC to uh, Newfoundland, um, but we do also have members in uh, in the United States as well. And then we're also seeing women because of our online um, platform be able to connect in from across the globe as well. So we do have international members. Um, we do. Uh, when we're not under the pandemic, we do typically meet in, in Ottawa and in mm -hmm. Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, and given the challenges of it, that this current pandemic, we're looking to restructure that and, and still be able to meet and connect with one another safely and responsibly. Um, but we're very much still enjoying that connectedness. Mm -hmm. How has the role of a line worker transformed in the past five to ten years, and 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 is it going to change in in the in the future in the next five to ten years? So the the role of a line worker um, today is still very recognizable to the way it was a hundred years ago, where mm -hmm. we're installing poles in the ground and we frame and we hang insulators and we install wire. That is still very much the same. When we look forward, uh, it's the how that ends up changing. Okay. And so now you, you may see an apprentice spend less time on spurs climbing a pole and more time in a bucket. Um, poles have the ability to be framed on the ground and then put in place. Mm -hmm. And power line technicians today also are expected to have computer literacy skills to be able to respond to calls and emails and uh, close out calls efficiently. So mm -hmm. that's primarily been the involvement over the, the last decade. Um, in addition to that, we've also seen the rise in Ontario of four colleges that currently support the two-year power line technician diploma. Okay. And so other provinces as well have their version of it and LDCs uh, support this as well because it gives rise to the, um, the current demographics where there's a large number of the workforce retiring and mm -hmm. they're primed to have uh, new and prospective apprentices hired uh, with a good foundational knowledge. 
so that um, I think would naturally lead to uh, maybe a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of discussion about the role you play at Algonquin College. Um, speaking of you know the 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 next generation of of people moving into the field, can you tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing with the the, the programs at Algonquin? Um, you're a, you're a, um, on the program advisory committee for electrical engineering technician technologists and power line technician programs. What is what does that um, what does that look like from your perspective, and, and what what's your involvement uh, in their programs? So I, I currently sit on uh, an advisory committee for the programs, and so we review the content and the classes that the students are taking that are before them, and mm -hmm. we ensure that they are relevant and applicable to the industry that we see today, so that they come out ahead and prepared. With the best skill set. And so, the, I guess uh, you know, from from what you said a, a moment ago, it sounds as though that's starting to change. As you said, more more computer skills. Um, I guess that's a, a function of a, of a slightly smarter grid that that is going to continue to evolve. And so that'll probably keep changing what the the the, the programs, the college programs, need to look like. It does, and I believe that the. Um, students are also being challenged to for career longevity and to uh, think smart in different ways to complete tasks. Mm -hmm. um, the very core of the, the trade will still be there 10 years from now. Right. Um, installing poles and wires, and, and that won't go away, it is the, the how that will continue to evolve. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the challenges that the young women uh, would have? It is a male-dominated field, right? I mean, it, it it could not have been easy when you were um, you, when you were starting out, and you were uh, the, well, the only the only woman in in that in that group. Um, what is what's what's that been like? And and is it changing? Is it getting better? It is changing. Um, I I suppose it would be um, a good reflection to say that at any point that we're currently living. It is the best that it's ever been as far as progress for women in trades. Um, that number has never slid back. And so, although when I came to the program, you know, I was the second, um, and then subsequently I was hired on with an LDC and I was one of the very few. Uh, today, a decade later, we are seeing progressive steps um, to see more women in the trades and technical roles within LDCs. Mm -hmm. And what would be the most important piece of advice that you'd give to uh, a woman that was thinking of starting a career um, in in the energy field? I would say you need to surround yourself with people that are comfortable with your ambition. Mm -hmm. That uh, today it's still considered a, a non-traditional pathway, but it's a very rewarding career. And so, um, when you when you look to connect with other women that are currently within the trade, they're very supportive in it. You need to look for your your mentor, right? And then once we have a a mentor, uh, your next kind of step in that path is looking for a sponsor, somebody to actively champion champion you and put you forward for uh, jobs and tasks in the workplace. And to continue to build your network there are many great um, organizations that support the trades broadly 
or they are more focused on supporting women in the trades. Um, and that network um, will really help you develop. Right. So why do you think National Line Worker Appreciation Day is important for the electricity sector? I think it's important for the electricity sector to showcase National Line Worker Appreciation Day because it really highlights the service that line workers are able to provide broadly to the our, our Canadian population. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also hopeful that having a Line Worker Appreciation Day will enable more women to see themselves as line workers. And so it really um, provides more visibility to the wonderful career that it is. The Line Worker Appreciation Day, um, as we celebrate it with Women of Power Line Technicians, we we recognize that line workers are, are your front line. And so we actively recognize and support everybody else behind us in the power producing power producers uh, distribution and transmission as well so the line worker really is that that call to action is very recognizable um, but it's a great way to showcase all of the work that everybody contributes on a daily basis to ensuring that the line is energized and makes it right down to the customer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you've mentioned before uh, the importance of, of mentors um, and, uh, and and people that are that are championing for you. Um, is, is that a, a role uh, that the, the network through women of powerline technicians um, uh, undertakes? Is that is that one of the one of the things that you, you seek to try and do to find mentors and to connect people? Absolutely. We offer no-cost mentoring. We also have free mentoring packages uh-huh. uh, where a, a woman could ask for a resume review, a one-on-one, or oftentimes when we find that women are just starting out in the trade, we have something called nuts and bolts. And so that mm. is uh, your basics. It's usually um, women want to know how to get started in the trade, and, and so that fills that need. And then is there outreach done kind of beyond people that that are um, already um, sort of in the pipeline to become power line technicians? Or is there a role to uh, essentially promote um, uh, the, the, the possibility, kind of like what you've been talking about for the last uh, couple of minutes, promoting this as a, as a career option? Uh, th- does that happen as well through uh, women with power line technicians? It does. So we actively take that under through um, our engagement and our partnerships. So earlier this year, we partnered with Skills Ontario and then additionally Kick-Ass Careers. And so we see those organizations actively within elementary schools and high schools. And so when they have opportunities for speaking engagements to advocate for the trades through their presentations, we provide... um, speakers, we provide mentors um, to actively showcase Mm -hmm. um, the great electricity sector and what it means to be in the trades. Terrific. Here's here's the the question out of left field, but I do ask everybody who who participates in the podcast, uh, and that's to tell uh, tell the listener about a book, either, you know, the book that you're reading or a book that you've recently read that you would recommend um to uh, to somebody to to pick up uh so i'm currently reading gender and diplomacy gender and and diplomacy okay 
Yes, and so that provides um, a historical look at how um, gender has influenced global affairs. Uh, so it dates back and it has a history about um, about how queens and ladies in waiting and chambermaids would historically influence lords and kings um, about about policy and, and that kind of thing, although it be from an informal role. And it also reflects on um, what it's like to, been, to be in uh, global affairs currently today through the 1950s through uh, the 2010s. So I find that very interesting. Um, the book that I was I read uh, prior to this one mm -hmm. was So You Want to Talk About Race. And so in that book, it provides a, an accurate reflection of how race doesn't necessarily um, affect one specific demographic of people, but mm -hmm. it's something that affects everybody. And so it kind of provides an awareness piece to race uh, that I may not have been as well uh, apprised of prior to reading it. Mm -hmm. And so I really enjoyed being able to take that book and then layering on this additional knowledge about the barriers and uh, the challenges of uh, global politics and how women have been able to evolve over the last quarter century through those roles. Cool. Okay. Lana, thank you very much for taking the time to, to jump on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, happy National Line Worker Appreciation Day. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much for having me, Francis. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Flux Capacitor and invite you to tune in for future discussions and podcasts. Coming up will be additional conversations in our series of podcasts on the challenges of electricity in Canada's north. As always, we invite you to continue the electricity conversation on our Facebook page, on Twitter, and at electricity.ca.